Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. What is up, y'all? This is Jose from Positively Cynical. I am joined once again this week by my good friend. Say hello. What's up, world? Question again. How's it going? Question again. Welcome back, question. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, as always. And thank you for provide, providing that fresh perspective that I need and that fresh bounce off that I need on every, every episode. Before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to get into the usual spiel. As you all know, the best way to support your favorite podcast cruise is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcasts, including Positively Cynical. And you can find all of Positively Cynical's social media and podcast content by hashtagging Positively Cynical or by hashtagging, hashtagging Positively Cynical podcast and you can always go to apple podcast which is probably the best way to support us give us a rating and a review give us five stars give us four stars i mean i mean if you have to give us one star give us one star but please don't give us a low rating if you, if you really don't like <laughs> us let us know first why <laughs> we'll have a conversation about it now do whatever you want go rate us get us some exposure even if you hate us then people will know that we suck and I don't know what that will hey, exposure is exposure whatever it's exposure funny. is exposure we'll just say exposure is exposure in this in this case even if it's one star on apple Podcasts. anyway moving right along let's get into the topic this week um the last couple of podcasts have been sort of the brainchild of question um and in terms of the topics that he's come up with a little bit so why don't you tell us sir sir question um what you would like to talk about this week uh and why you wanted to talk about it <laughs> okay um well i'm not gonna have a change with that i'm just asking you like why i want i want you to set the tone for me well, and, and everyone you know, else well i, I guess it, it kind of came from what i had uh seen this morning pretty much you know you're watching these talk shows on sunday mornings and the like and then you see something come across that says that oh, watch um, this shit rots your brain. Oh well, I guess I'm one of the crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, one topic that was brought up basically was the fact that Joe Manchin more or less this morning said, "Hey, that uh, Build Back Better plan that uh, Joe Biden Democrats have been touting for the better part of a year. Yeah, I'm not going to vote for it." And Essentially, what are those consequences? Because, you know, a question that I was thinking as I heard that and it was breaking news, blah, blah. One question that I had thought of, and I think that it's one question that a lot of people um, who are looking at Democrats nowadays are wondering is, well, hell, who, who is the real president in the sense, right? Who's really running this party? Um it also became a topic of conversation actually earlier this week uh, when Kamala Harris had an interview uh, with Charlemagne and he asked her the same question. He said, hey, you know, <laughs> in light of what Joe Manchin has been doing, you know, to the party and being catered to, I mean, who's really, who's really running this country? Is it Manchin or Biden? And I mean, she damn took the man's head off. You know, and I understand why. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. She, she more or less, you know, basically, let's just say, in not the calmest of ways, she more or less was just, she more or less said, 
that Joe Biden is the president. Joe Biden runs the country. She is a vice president and she assists with that. Um, no one basically should get it twisted that they aren't the ones in charge. And if they think otherwise, then they have, well, they are sadly mistaken in not so many words. He in black. Oh, good. We're not going <laughs> to. That, that one line in and of itself can be an entire topic of conversation for a future episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. But. I would love some help for that one, though. We got we to gotta get some more black people. I got to get some more of my black friends into that conversation. Well, <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess this one black friend isn't enough, but. Um, that's. It, it's. You know, you have to wonder. You know what the hell, right? You, you went through all of this for the better part of a year. You're trying. You're you're changing the you know what's in the bill. You're changing uh, how much money is being spent. You're changing timelines, all for essentially one or two people, right? Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia. Let's put it out there, and up to a certain point, Kirsten Sinema, senator from Arizona, and. Well, you do all of this at the expense of, say, the more progressive wing of the party, right? Um, there is reason why, you know, there are certain parts of the infrastructure bill, there are certain parts of Build Back Better that were in the bill because those on the, on the left, those that, you know, and I mean, I'll put it out there, a lot, most of the people, a lot of people, whatever Biden felt, okay, these were some of the most relevant issues of our time, voting rights and, uh, infrastructure, um, you know, money towards those that are less privileged, abortion rights, you know, for you know, for different things, abortion rights, all these things. Um, all these essentially challenged very much. Well, yes, these the, these are front of mind issues for people on the left, people who are you know who vote Democratic, and essentially, you know, you do all these things to essentially compromise where they come from, where a party in a lot of this comes from, you know, as far as their mentality and their thought process. And you do all these things to bend over backwards, essentially for one guy, and then this guy just says, eh. What happens, basically, now? You know? That that Joe mentioned is is president of the United States, quote-unquote, that he's in charge as a result of the fact that he's been holding back this one signature bill that has been the thing that Joe Biden has tried to build his presidency on in a similar way that Obama built his presidency on the the uh, Affordable Care Act. Well, this uh, well, you know, something I kind of wanted to jump into, you know, a little bit later on is essentially kind of, I guess, you know, what happens now as far as, I guess, you know, more predictions. But you know, something that you have to think about is, you know, Joe Biden ran on, I'm the guy that can essentially make Washington move. Right. There's been all this gridlock. There's been all the there's been all this infighting. I am a seasoned grizzled old veteran of the way that we used to do things in Washington, old guard, a simpler time when we can all compromise and you know, negotiate and think with clearer heads. And he told us, right, that he was gonna get all fifty senators on board. He was going to get this to pass. Schumer had to come out. Chuck Schumer said, you know, uh Christmas is the deadline. That's this Saturday. For those of you listening, if you want to put things into context. 
you know, does essentially does everything that just happened in the span of the past several hours more or less just undercut everything that Joe Biden ran for? How do you go and say, all right, well, I'm I'm running shit when you know you essentially have proven that you I don't want to say you can't, but to this point, I mean, have you? By, by- I understand, yes, it's 50-50, you know, the the this what you're working with is somewhat difficult as far as numbers, but again, you were the guy who was voted on being above that, right? So essentially, what's up? You know, by the time that most people listen to this episode of the podcast, we'll be past that deadline. You know, because yeah. we are going to release it after that Saturday deadline that was set, that, that hard line in the sand that we're now going to cross without a deal, most likely as a result of Manchin being completely off this train and, and refusing to even think about boarding it at this point after, like what you said, waffling for a year almost a year well, i'll point. tell you this much by the time this episode is released there is still isn't going to be an answer to this question so it'll still be relevant it'll still be relevant but we <laughs> passed that deadline oh yeah i mean we'll blow that out of the water mm-hmm. pretty much Maybe a couple of weeks beyond that at this which point. is which is which is which again is another testament to essentially the effectiveness of i mean i'll put it out there the biden presidency to this you know, to this point right we're now 11 months in um, midterms are coming up. You have to run on something. I mean, imagine if you will, like you, you know, Obama had his own difficulties at at a certain point after the first two years because of the midterm elections, losing significant majorities in the House and the Senate. But, yeah, but he got a bill passed. Yeah, in this case, the the interesting thing he got it, his hundred billion. Well, think about this. The interesting <laughs> dynamic is is that in this instance the 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 killer is inside the house so to speak right because in this instance it's it's the it's the a horror movie that wonderful it's, it's a, maybe a dino <laughs> well i mean it's, that's that's the that's the best metaphor i can think of at the moment right because it, it's the the dino if you if you will the democrat in name only the dinos that are holding up the agendas of the more the slightly more progressive wing of the party I'll say because I'm not giving them that much credit, but they're trying to be at at least somewhat of, or they're trying to cater somewhat to the more far left progressive wing of the party that, like you said, needs and and wants certain things and expected certain things in terms of voting rights and abortion rights and getting past COVID nineteen and all these other things that were promised by Joe Biden, um, and you know he, he promised to to throw your people a bone. And I don't know if I've seen a heck of a lot of that yet either. So, well, part of it is okay. Did you did did Biden miscalculate as far as what he should have focused on at the right off the bat? Should it have been voting rights? Should it have been uh, another topic or another issue that people might be more passionate about? Though in a lot of ways, you you know, I'm a little surprised that people aren't aren't passionate about infrastructure you know i mean i want a bridge to be as safe as it possibly can be it's not sexy. you know more, infrastructure is not, not a sexy topic it's just no you gotta build bridges and shit and maintain them like the maintenance part is what makes it less sexy it's like we're not even uh, building anything new we just gotta fix some shit like yes, what, it's not, it's, that? <laughs> yeah i mean nuts and bolts you're right it doesn't really sound as sexy uh as other like things reform it's not like fucking you know, 
shit that Bernie Sanders is promising, like the fucking tax billionaires and billionaires, or just billionaires now, I guess, because he's a millionaire himself. But, you know, those those things sound sexier, like, again, to kind of use that that way of putting it. And and that's part of the problem maybe with Joe Biden, right? He can't really he can't really galvanize the base around infrastructure. Everybody's like, yeah, we should, we should, we we should do that. And then, then when it comes when the time comes time for the rubber to hit the road, they're just like, Well, we'll get it done, I guess, at some point, even if we don't get it done now. Well, yeah. I mean now I, the, the the thing that I guess comes into question is is, is it more a Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a bad negotiator because he couldn't get Manchin on his side. Is it B? Joe Biden's a bad listener because Joe Manchin has said repeatedly throughout this entire process, "Hey, there's just some stuff I'm not going to vote for." Or is it C? Joe Biden's just tone deaf as far as what the people that put him in power really wanted to see, because yes, he focused on not so sexy infrastructure over other more passionate issues. Well, it's clearly all of them, right? But I'm just saying which clearly one is, is the worst offense, I guess, is what <laughs> okay, I'm asking. Because I mean, clearly A, B, and C in this instance are all miscalculations that Joe Biden and the party have made in terms of how they were going to get these policies passed, how they were going to sell these policies, and how they were going to negotiate for these policies or even form them in to, to begin with, like decide what policies they were going to lead with. It was a miscalculation. To it was a miscalculation in recognizing people like Cinema and and Mansion and their blue dog Democrat record, and a miscalculation in in making infrastructure the the legacy bill. And uh, uh, I mean, I guess just a, a miscalculation all around. As far as which one is the as as far as which one is the worst, I mean, it's clearly. I mean, well, Joe Biden was a bad negotiator is like the other one, right? I mean, I mean, he's he's clearly not okay. So Joe Biden actually has a record, even though there's this this, this myth that in forty seven years he didn't get anything done. He ha- he does have somewhat of a of a good record in the Senate from the forty seven years that he was in there, co sponsoring and reaching across the aisle on a number of bills in his time there. Um, the whole argument that Joe Biden didn't fix anything in 47 years is, is, was asinine and stupid to begin with, I would always say, because he wasn't president. Now he's president. He's supposed to be able to fix those things. But at least now, at this point in his life, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which I have to say and admit, is his mental state is not what it used to be. He has not got it done in terms of being a, a negotiator. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not lucid or he's like completely gone, like some people on the right might say. But yeah, I would say, what, choose your words here. He's not. What he used to be. <laughs> I don't think he's senile. No, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that, but he's just not what he used to be. You know what I mean? He's not. I think, in, in terms well, of yeah. like being mentally quick, I would say, like, I don't know how how much that has to do with any type of specific negotiations in this case, but he's just he's. He's not the thinker that he used to be. He's not as sharp as he used to be. And that's a part of it. But I think that the biggest miscalculation, if I'm really going to pick one, is, yeah, like not understanding the blue dog Democratic nature of these particular West Virginia Democrats. Uh, This particular West Virginia Democrat, I could say, not understanding that blue dog nature and how, as a result of the politics of the last few years, you have blue dog Democrats like digging in even more 
you know, and 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 holding on to what it, they see as more centrist values, even though they would probably be more uh, right right leaning values. They see them as more centrist, and they see a party that's lurching to the left, and the the to miscalculate that sort of digging in that sort of trench warfare that you would see in the the left in the democratic party is is i think the biggest miscalculation in my opinion well one question that i thought about earlier and i'll pose it to you there's one the one thing that you keep on hearing over and over again is oh well Yes, Joe Manchin uh, is a Democrat who won West Virginia. There are not very many Democrats who can do that nowadays. Isn't it better to have him in your camp Democrat than any Republican that would get that seat? I, I, I don't know anymore, right? I mean, at this point, essentially, what's the difference between having a, 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 a diet, you know, a, I'm going to dig in my heels, uber conservative Democrat from a state that, I mean, overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump is an understatement. I think West Virginia was, I think of all the states in the country, I think they had the biggest like, uh, margin of victory for Donald Trump. I think it was, I mean, it was unbelievable how much Trump had won by. Um, and a lot of it is, it's political calculus on his point. You know, he, he knows his audience. But, uh, you know, at, at, at some point, <sighs> was this a lost cause in a sense? Right, I mean, Pitting there was nothing on a blue dog Democrat. Well, I mean, Manchin had. I mean, there was nothing that there's no leverage that Biden or any of the progressives had. Right when it came to convincing Manchin, except for infrastructure, and they took that off the table. They voted on that separate. Right, even though progressives had said, "Hey, we really, really think you should tie the two together because, well, everybody needs infrastructure. Everything else in Build Back Better is somewhat subjective." Are you sure you want to separate the two? Yes, let's separate the two. Okay. Inse so there you go. So that's incentive off the table for Joe Manchin. What, what, what is in it for him as, you know, essentially the lone voice in the wilderness as a Democrat in a state overwhelmingly dominated by Republican politics, Republican constituency, Republican policy? I mean, were we shouting into the wind this whole time the same way he is as a Democrat, however you want to rate that in West Virginia? Again, is this just a bad is just you know, is it just a bad move on Biden's part for not having thought that through? Are these questions right? or are you just like going through the motions in your head over here? Because I'm not sure. I I think this started as a question and you're just like you're going through you're going through, My, well, through all of these. No, no, I mean I'm I'm saying I mean I'm thinking this through as I'm asking you the question. But I guess I'm ask one question because that's way too complicated for me right now. You asked like six questions. We got, we got, you got one question for me now. What's your one question? And then we'll move on to all of those, <laughs> other, those other complicated things you need to unpack in your right, head. Fine. What's one was, question in your head? All right, fine. Was all of this worth it? Basically, was all the was what's this? All what, the negotiation this, to be specifically. To be all specific. the well, all the negotiation, all of the bending over backwards, all of the diplomacy that Biden and other Democrats tried to incorporate with Banshin. I mean, is it worth him still being there as a Democrat just to have the numbers? And should we just said, screw this and just 
batten down the hatches well, and just do whatever we need to do. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to actually turn this around on you because this this question that I'm going to ask you is kind of related <laughs> to the other questions that you, you were kind of flowing into. Okay. Um, is better a better question than was it worth it is what is did biden have any other choice in the matter is is what what i think is a better question well no yeah, you're, you're right like started like moving the stream of consciousness down that path like well was it worth it well i'm not sure because this you know this and that and then like you know mansion was was never going to do that in west virginia like was there any other choice i think is the is the bigger question that like leads you to your first answer well i guess when you're dealing with the 50-50 senate everyone has power right? so mm -hmm. joe mansion is just as powerful maybe in some instances as a joe biden cuz Every vote counts in this. Sentence. Every one person is is one that person. much more important. Right. But I mentioned to himself, if you if you want progressive policies to pass, vote for progressive people. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's where challenge accepted now by other people on the left because of what happened this. It probably should be. Did I <laughs> It probably should. It has to be accepted as a challenge at this point because hasn't he? He put down a very, very clear line in the sand where it's like, yo, like, sorry, like, I'm in the state that I'm in, and the people voted for me because of what they want in the state, and they didn't vote for progressives because they don't want that kind of policy in the state. So, fucking deal with it. Like, what can you do at this point other than kind of challenge that orthodoxy? You have to say, like, well, what I can do about it is say that Americans want something much further left than the the faux centrism that you're trying to offer. You know, the, is it faux centrism though? Is it is it faux centrism? I guess I think it is. I mean, he he's very much a conservative. I I don't, you know, you can call this kind of you know you you know that that in the last few years and over the last few presidential cycles that one of the politicians that on the right that i've had, at least had an admiration and respect for um oh my goodness name blanking on me governor of of fucking ohio oh uh, um it, it just flew out of my head too um <laughs> you're bad at this i, I can I, see him right in front of oh my goodness i can't believe it guys um John Kasich. John Kasich. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, his name flew out of my head because he hasn't been around really in terms of he kind of faded after the mm. the the Trump par, uh, wing of the party took over because he was in my mind at least very much more of a pragmatic Republican, right? But Manchin is somebody like a pragmatic or a centrist in that sense. He's very sensational in the sense that he knows that he has to cater. <laughs> to the most right-wing elements, the Donald Trump elements of the party in order to exist as a Democrat or Republican or as whatever, where he is, like you said, in West Virginia. Yeah. He, he kind of doesn't have a choice either, right? We are right, but I guess that's what why when I say, was it, I guess that's why when I say, was it worth it? You know, that's, I guess, where I'm coming from. We all knew where he, where he, I don't want to say stood, but we all knew his dilemma. Let's just say, for lack of a better word, we 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 would just would it be better just to say, well, forget him, cut our losses, and 
you know, balls to the wall, super progressive. Right. Or do we just, or do we say, okay, you know what, this guy, you know, he has a point. Maybe we're, we got to read it in a little, you know. Well, what do you think? Because you, I've, I've kind of made this clear, I think, in the past. We had this conversation. I'm trying to figure out what podcast we had a conversation before where we talked about whether the, the progressives in the party should have, like, or whether the Democratic Party should have leaned into progressivism and the AOC wing of the party, if you want to call it that. And I mean, my answer back then and now continues to be yes. I mean, mm. unfortunately, you have to make it more wild and sensational and go with bigger ideas because, you know, in the conservative sense, they're going with the biggest ideas that they have. They're going with the most conservative ideas. They're going with ideas that almost are beyond the pale, at least in, in you know, obviously, very, very much obviously in terms of leftists and progressives and Democrats in America, some of these policies in terms of voting rights, right, and abortion, Republicans are fucking going for it. They're going for it hard in places like Texas. Oh, in places like Georgia, um, so you're saying hard. So you 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 have to counteract that with as much fire on the Democratic Party, which in this case means leaning into the progressive wing of the party. So, say several years from now, when Joe Manchin is up for re-election, if he decides to run again, I mean, it, it, do you think he'd be worth saving as a senator? No. Or just let him go and any older because if basically he would be Democrats only chance to win or to maintain that seat in West Virginia, right? Doesn't seem to matter. Screw him, then is what you're saying, more or less. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Next time. Doesn't matter. But I, okay. That's pretty much I guess that's pretty much what I was I guess alluding to. Like is essentially is he would he be worth saving the next time in your mind? No. Because is he just is okay. I mean uh, Essentially, it's just it's just like any old Republican, more or less. I mean, what does the numerical advantage mean if they're not going to caucus with you and vote with you? Well, I mean, Bernie so, Sanders is not a Democrat, but he votes with and caucuses with the Democrats. Some people, I guess, would say he's more of a Democrat than the actual Democrat mentioned, right? So, depending, um, on, depending on how you define Democrats in this country, like you know, this is a conversation I wanted to have. We're always talking about conversations that we're going to have in the future, and I wanted to have this one. But you could talk about mm-hmm. them, you know, again. The Democratic Party and, and this party in general is mainly a neoliberal party. It's not truly progressive, right? But I think that leaning into that is what, what might differentiate the party and what a lot of people are looking for. When you look at the movements of the last 10 to 15 years, you look at Black Lives Matter, you look at Occupy Wall Street, when you look at you know, the Me Too movement, when you look at these things that aren't even progressive, really, they're just issues of, of human rights, human which rights leftist <laughs> ideas, unfortunately, because again, Republicans are doubling down on, on opposing all of those things that rights are natural or whatever the fuck excuse or narrative they want to use. So you, you have to double down on your own end in order to, in order to oppose that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we say that kind of like hesitantly, like, well, no, because I don't know if the answer would be, I mean, yes, in some instances, it's fight fire with fire, but in a way, I, I, I hate to phrase it this way as, as far as saying if you two wrongs make a right, as far as if, if, because one party goes extreme, is it, 
should the other party go extreme and essentially, essentially to counter that extremism? What else can you do? You can, well, I mean, Joe Biden. Fairly he, no, 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 no. Well, 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 he, he ran as the centrist pragmatist. Right? And? There, so there, essentially, there is still an appetite for, hey, let's get to the table and negotiate. I mean, right? I mean, it's just up to up to now, right? I mean, he well, if he ran, I'll ask you a question: Is that worth it? Are are, are people who feel that way delusional? Because clearly, there is no well, negotiating table on either side. Well, no, not anymore. Nobody but the thing, negotiate anything. But the but I, but I guess then I had to I had to counter your question with another question with another question, et cetera, et cetera. But well, do you want better? Why well, more? Well, <laughs> well, when you. I guess to answer your question of my question, I have to pose you another question that you that kind of goes back to what you mentioned not too long ago: progressivism okay. versus centrism. And I guess you liberalism, progressivism. Well, well, well. You said that there were three parts to the Democratic Party nowadays and well, i do agree with the you the democratic your- party has had to be more of a left of cent- left centrist rather than what so like in in my opinion and not in my not in my own opinion my sole opinion your your clintons and your obamas again were yeah. they're not really yes. they're not really centrist they're not even left of center they're actually just right of center which is just right for america and that wins elections as a Democrat, or has, as you mentioned, historically over the past several decades, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jimmy has. Carter? Hell, you can go back to Jimmy Carter, right? I mean, he ran essentially as a Christian conservative who was going to save the party and save America from itself and from the ills of Watergate, Nixon, blah. So I, I, I don't know if progressivism can win nationally. It's right, really, I mean, didn't it's Bur- really locally. I mean, eventually, that trickles up to nationally. Does it though? Because I mean, didn't Bernie? I mean, didn't Bernie prove that? I mean, Bernie got destroyed in the primaries twice. He lost to centrist twice. And he's I in mean, a conversation though. That was something that you didn't see decades ago. There wasn't any any this far left. We'll call it progressive wing of the party. Even though, again, they're not even that far left in comparison to the the rest of the world. They're more like just left of center. There was not this, this still, this, this popularity, even if it is losing primaries, he's still number two, number three. Like you have people like, again, AOC and the squad you have, you know, it's almost, and this is kind of the sad thing about America, just people who are representative of certain groups, whether they're transgender or Muslim or you know, certain minorities just winning races in certain places is a lurch towards leftist, again, quote unquote, uh, progressive values on a local level in places where you wouldn't have never expected that to happen before even, you know, like, like women winning and transgender women and people winning and certain people of color winning, uh, you know, that is indicative of me a, a smaller trend that effectively the national party has not start has not wielded effectively and, and well uh, why is that though because you have you know what part of it is 
You know what part of it is? Because regardless of, of how progressive, you know, the these the values and the ideas that have been pushed by him, Bernie Sanders is still an old white man. You know, there's and and it's unfortunate, but there are still a lot of people that are just really so meh about that in the same way that unfortunately a lot of people were so meh about Hillary because she was a woman. You know, and it's kind of unfortunate that there aren't more national candidates and and again because of the the local trend that I feel like I'm starting to see. I think we'll start to see more of that, but there there will be like a face of the of the progressive wing of the party that will emerge in the next few years. I mean, hell, again, there's AOC, there's somebody like her who has national visibility, even though she's just you know in one fucking district in New York City. Basically, she's supposed to be you know dealing with the issues of that district, and she does. I'm not saying that she doesn't, but she still has this national visibility that she's clearly taking somewhere. And clearly, she's very popular also. I mean, she's very reviled on the other side of the aisle, but she's very popular on this one with most people, regardless of, of the, the leanings and, and the idea that centrism wins presidential elections. I don't know that that's going to be true that much longer, because I think, at least in my mind, I think a lot of people are starting to realize the way that I have that that's, that's just not going to work in terms of the politics of it all. That centrist shit isn't is has not been working for the Democratic Party. They don't really get much accomplished other than trying to get back to this this status quo that is a slow and steady progression for people of color and minorities and LGBTQIA plus people. Like it's this slow and steady progression that people are getting tired of, especially young people, young people who are going to be running the country, and yes, young people who might turn into fucking, you know yuppies after the after the hipster vibe kind of disappears the same way that it happened with people who were you know grew up in the 60s and the 70s and turned into into this generation's leaders that led us down this centrist again quote unquote road but it's not it's it's just not working anymore and and that's that's why Donald Trump won right because he recognized that as unfortunate as it is, you could you could argue one way or another whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Is and I think it's it's unfortunate in many ways. I don't know if it's more unfortunate than it is positive, but that's that. That's the times we live in. Like plain and simple, <laughs> that's how it is now. That's how politics are now. You know, I've been saying shit like that for years, and I kind of make fun of you a little bit because you have your poli sci background, and you know, you you certainly are one of the more one of the most educated people I know when it comes to political science. But the game's changed, you know, and, and it's not the, the political science that you studied 20 years ago, at least not entirely. There's a lot of things that have moved around and, and social media is a big part of that, you know, and, and has changed the game significantly. Sensationalism is what sells. It always has, but now well, more, than say has. No, more than ever, though, because there's, there's nothing like going viral. And the only thing that gets you going viral is something sensational. It could be a positive sensational thing. It could be a negative sensational thing. You could do something crazy. You could say something crazy, but that's what sells. And crazy in this instance is too far, too far, some might say, to one side or the other. But in order to even move the needle one way or the other, change the Overton window. And, you know, I don't know if you're, you're probably familiar with that term, I would imagine, as a poli sci major. But the Overton window, for those who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, is essentially. You know, the mood of the country, the feeling of the country. 
how do you move that? And and these days you don't move it with like these slow nudges towards one side or the other. You don't move people to the idea that Black Lives Matter by like small gestures. You move them with massive worldwide protests, the largest protests in history. That's how you move the needle. It's it's big. You know, it's not small. These times don't you, the, the needle does not move in small ways through small actions. Okay. But even with big actions, where are we? I mean, we had had protests last year, and we said, hey, voting rights, that's a big deal. And then you turn around and say, we agree, but first infrastructure. Well, you know what? I'm going to put this this thought out there. We always say when, when it comes to presidential politics and like, when it comes to how change happens, it's always kind of the last person, right? That, that a lot of what you see, like for instance now, a lot of what we're seeing now in the country is as a result of Donald Trump's policies, right? Like either the recovery for them or the fallout from them in general still continuing. And again, COVID-19 was a huge factor in this. I mean, we talked about this, I think, on the last episode. COVID-19 is obviously a huge factor in everything that's happening worldwide, everything that's happening domestically, everything that's happening politically. It's affecting everything. But, I mean, no? I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm being said, I don't want to get too long-winded about it, but like that's kind of like the, the, the thing of it. That's like the, the long and the short of it. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting because I, I, when, I, when you're saying what you're saying, I was thinking about, okay, how you were saying it. Okay, well, not that you can, that you, that, that you have to get a little more bold or you have to kind of push certain policies more to counter the other side. Now, we have someone like Elizabeth Warren, right? I mean, she ran for president also. She's been touting these same things, just like Bernie has, just like AOC has for years. And she didn't move any needles either. Right? I mean, we did, it's not like we didn't have our fair share of people who represent the left that, that didn't run. We had an old white man. We had an old white woman. We had a young white guy, Beto O'Rourke. He tried to. Well, let's, let's, right? think, I mean, of, let's think of this also. Just the fact, maybe, that Kamala Harris ran for president is the reason that she's vice president. Would you agree with that statement at all? Not necessarily, because she could have. At all? Well, because she could have been Senator Harris and still gotten the nod as vice president. At she didn't all. have to run. You don't agree with that at all. It's a part of it, but oh, that's look how part. long. Her, no, but not not. It's that's not the be it, But again, that's 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 not the kind of grand gesture no, 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 no. In, to a certain extent. <laughs> I think it moved the needle ever so slightly, though, because I mean, we had this conversation before. When when you look at the Kamala Harris, the one thing that I was a little concerned about when it came to her being the running mate was there wasn't as much enthusiasm for her campaign when she ran as president. She ran and she dropped out before Iowa. And as qualified as she is, you know, for the job, as much as I was, you know, thought that she was the best choice in the end, whether she, to me, she didn't have to run in order to be the best choice to be uh, Biden's running mate. She didn't have to, what, what, what was the point of her running? <laughs> Honestly, she didn't, she didn't even need to run to get the position. I don't think she was well enough known. I mean, you're a senator from California, right? I mean, that, that in and of itself puts you right there as far as spotlight nationally and politically. 
she, if you if you're looking if you're looking for a counter, I mean, it just made too much sense for her to be the running mate. I I don't think she needed to be involved in this presidential race at all. To me, it 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 helped as far as maybe solidifying ever so slightly. But I think that, in, at least to me, it kind of hurt her a little bit. I mean, again, I got more nervous about her being the running mate because of how her campaign was run when she ran, you know, as president. You know, you heard all these things about there being dysfunction, um, there being, you know, all these distractions in her campaign. And, geez, before 2020, like I said, pre she dropped up before Iowa. So I thought she was, and I think she still is well qualified to be the vice president but to me it definitely raised an eyebrow to be like well hell if she if, if this if her campaign is like this and she can't even get out of, out of iowa let alone like how how is she i i have faith that she can do this but look perception is reality in a lot of instances and that wasn't a good look for her and in a lot of ways, yeah, I think if she was just hey senator harris doing her thing in california just hey being a senator I, she might have had at least more of my confidence to say, hey, I have that much more faith in her that when she she's going to run, you know, for, uh, when Biden, if he decides to run you know, in a couple of years or not, she's, she's the heir apparent. She could have been, to me, that heir apparent without running for president. She was, she, yeah, she, she didn't need to run. I understand why she did, and I get why she did. She didn't need to. Not to get where she was. I don't think so. You think so? I think I think it it definitely helped a little bit. I personally think it did. I think it I mean it gave her the visibility that was necessary. Even just being on that stage like you and I knew who Kamala Harris was. But who the fuck else knew who Kamala Harris was? Yeah, and people but didn't I know mean, how to pronounce her fucking name when she first came onto the national stage. It was, yeah, <laughs> but she but but I she but how to, how to say it the wrong way now. It's Kamala, 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 right? The way that Tucker Carlson made fun of her a few times on his episode. Like yeah, well, he was just well, he was just being an asshole I when know, he did that. That's what that's kind of my point though. Like he he she kind of needed to to put herself into that fire a little bit and get that national visibility in order to even be considered a viable running mate. I know, but it. she could she could have got she got that in when she became the running mate. I mean, she knew the slings and arrows that were gonna come at her. And especially for who she is and what she was running for, she, I she, know. I think, I think she got her ass kicked in in the the Democratic primaries in order to be able to to handle all that well, shit once she got to the to the vice presidency. Oh yeah, but, that's a, but well, so you're oh, so you're saying that because she got her ass kicked by other Democrats she that hardened her in order to make. I think she learned a lot from getting her ass handed to her basically by Joe Biden and others. For as much I, as she tried to do, and like so for as much as she tried to go after certain people and after Joe Biden, it didn't get her anywhere. Yeah, but when you're part of a campaign as a running mate, that's you're essentially going along with what the big dog wants. So she, she again, she's no dummy. I, I, I just, I, I think that it, it helped her. Okay, fine, but I think it helped her from an exposure point of view. I don't know if it helped her from a confidence point of view. Again, if you, if I'm looking at this, like I said, I'm 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 I went into this looking to vote for her, right? I was looking for I was looking for reason to. I love Kamala. I wanted to, but it definitely gave me pause when she, when you hear all these things about her campaign and the dysfunction. She can't make it to a primary, let alone out of the primary, 
And then it's like, okay, well, hey, then I, and I want you to be vice president. Again, I think she's absolutely qualified. I think she was the best choice out there. But like I said, it just, it just, it gave me ever so slightly a bit of pause, just the way that she ran her campaign. It didn't, it really did not give me much confidence that I don't think the confidence I would have had, had she just essentially come off the street and been like, hey, I'm the running mate. Let's do this thing. Well, That's she runs, me. She runs in 2024. She'll have to use some of those lessons that she learned in 2020. And that might be the, the difference maker. But regardless, I mean, Kamala Harris is not the point of what we're trying to talk about here. I mean, no, but she's a big part of it, though. I mean, she's she's second in command. I mean, she's she is essentially as much of the Biden presidency as Biden is. Right. I mean, she she she's a big part of this. Does she she's have any powers? I mean, if Joe Biden doesn't have any power at, at the behest of the fearsome Joe Manchin, like like what power does she fucking have? Well, and there you go. I, I, that, I guess that, and you just asked another question, basically, as qualified as she was to be the, the running mate and as much of the right choice as she might have been for the times, was she the right choice? I still think she was, but I mean, when you put it the way as far as, okay, well, this is the way the game is played. This is the nature of the game. I, you know, I, I, I got to ask the question. Was she the right choice? Right. I mean, is, I, I mean, that's the question. Yes, I mean, you're you're saying that Biden's not, you know, if Biden's not as powerful, and let's just say she's even less so. Would there have been another running mate that he would have had that might have been like, hey, you know, like if y'all can't do this, you know, maybe I can move the needle, right? I mean, is there anybody out there that you would just said, you know, in these days and times? I mean, Bernie notwithstanding, maybe Stacey Abrams. Hmm. I don't know if Kamala was the right choice. I don't know. I don't know if a centrist and another centrist was necessarily the right choice to make. I don't know that that was necessarily the best thing to do. But yeah. What, what 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 Biden is trying to do in terms of throwing a bone to progressives is, is more in the cabinet, wouldn't you say? Because that's where a couple of his more progressive candidates ended up. Is you know, your Bernie Sanders and like you know at least at least in positions that. That were thrown to these people, even if they didn't end up in the cabinet. You have your Pete Buttigieg and your Bernie Sanders and your other people in the party who, who got some at least, you know, some some appearance of power. I think of a lot of what Biden influenced policy or not. But I, I mean, I, I would think that I think a lot of what Biden ran on was essentially kind of like being saying to the, to the country, "Hey, I am the vessel by which the next generation." Of Democrats would come, right? Like you vote sure, for me about that. Yeah. And we get the centrism and you get, you know, the reassurance that I can bring. And then I under my umbrella can bring in the progressives and the youngins and everybody else in order to set everything up for the next generation while I quietly fade off into the sunset when we're in the Well shit, right? I don't know. Will we? And I guess that's the that's the ultimate question that <laughs> That you're trying well, to answer here, and I mean, yeah, it, it kind of goes into a where do we go from here, right? I mean, if if essentially the centerpiece of Biden's uh, policies has essentially been shot down, um, essentially to the effort to what not, we're not even going into where we go from here. That's what I was saying. We got to go somewhere else than where we've been going. This, this, we've been talking about that. Like this direction isn't working. It's winning. It's winning a national election and doing nothing in terms of actual policy. Whoop do you do? <laughs> when, when Republicans win elections, they go and they affect policy. They do something with that. And because of the infighting in the Democratic Party, and because of the fact that there are almost three separate wings of the party, one of which is basically the, a Republican wing of the Democratic Party, 
because of that, they don't really get shit done. This is kind of like it's it's all if anything, like I said, it's always a rolling back of the more damaging aspects of conservative policy, or in this case, MAGA policy. It's just fixing that, which is it, which is you know in and of itself something of an accomplishment. The same way that Obama inheriting the economy that he inherited and turning that around was something of an accomplishment, but you know Obama was able to sell a lot of his second term on his just being who he was, being Obama, being Barack Obama, being this cult of personality, having this charisma, being cool, being like all these things, right? Like, so there's the passion argument again. That's uh, there's that passion thing. People voted for Donald Trump. People voted for Obama. And when it came to Biden, they, I don't, I, I'm going to say it again. I don't think they ever voted for Biden. They just voted against Trump. Yeah. And that's and part of the problem. That's a big problem. And that's why 2022 is, is going to be a huge issue. That's why you have blue dog Democrats who are able to control the party because there, there is no consensus within the party. There's no strong enough consensus to counteract a mansion and say, well, fuck this guy. Leave him behind. That's why getting back to the question, like, was there ever a choice in any of this? Did no Joe Manchin have a choice to go against what West Virginia, uh, what West Virginia constituents wanted? And after after that point, was there anything Joe Biden could do about it? And the answer to both of those questions is unfortunately probably no. The answer is probably that there really isn't aren't many people who could who could have done something about it. Maybe you have a Stacey Abrams and a vice presidential you know, in a vice presidential role, being more willing to be the attack dog, I think, on the on these issues. Whereas Kamala Harris, in a sense, in a sense are you about to say she's kind of neutered as a I vice president. I was going to say, are you about to say in spite of her centrism? Is that what you're about to say? I don't know. No, I'm not, it's not <laughs> in spite of that. It's just there's like, she's just been very much neutered as a, as a vice president. I don't see somebody who, like a Stacey Abrams being that way. And I, and that, itself lends its it lends some credibility to being able to push back on someone like a mansion someone like a cinema and say like look i don't got time for this shit okay like i gotta deliver for the constituents of this country and for the people of georgia that even though i'm vice president i fucking represent like i got i gotta put some shit in motion like i gotta you know i think that that for her it's I, I think another part of it, and this is, I, you know, honestly, I don't know even where to go from here, is that, like, I don't know what the narrative is in Kamala Harris's, as a politician, what her narrative is. What it, like, it's almost like the same conversation we had, have had about Eric Adams. What does he stand for? And it's not clear. It's not always clear. And it's the same thing with Kamala Harris. Well, that's why, why, well, why do you think her presidency or her campaign fizzled out as quickly as it did? I don't think anybody knew that answer. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's very much a problem. Well, I mean, to pretty much land this plane, so to speak, bottom line, the way, you're, the way it sounds to me is you're pretty much saying that this Biden presidency was due from the start. I mean, if you have a 50-50 Senate, you have but so many, uh, you know, but so much flexibility in the House, you have uh, essentially an aggressive part of your own party that wants to get stuff done against another party, okay, against the opposite party, they just want to hear you at all well, and what you have to say. Well, then You're basically then, saying that 
we've been doomed to be this is this has been doomed since january 20th i'm gonna land the plane here with a statement that's gonna open up a question in your mind because or at least open up some a can of worms in your mind because you've said this a million times already and i'm gonna say this now like this this right now this year 2024 coming up um maybe even more so than 2016 when you thought might have been a better time would have been a better time for somebody like an Obama to show up. Or 2020 might have been a better time for somebody like an Obama to show up. Because that's the only thing that can counteract what all of this is on the right. Whatever you want to call it. The MAGA. Well, essentially... The only thing that can counteract that is a strong strong enough personality on the other side. And say what you will about Obama. And I've said a lot of things about Obama that haven't always been positive. He always had the appearance of wanting to do the right thing. And again, it, it... it, it goes back to the whole who would you want to have a beer with conversation that, that people started talking about when it comes to, to W. Obama's just fucking cool. He's just cool. So he can let these things roll off of him in a way that Trump does it in a different way, right? He does it with his kind of like, you know, billionaire arrogance. But there's, there's a certain there's aspect a of their personalities and their cult of personality, which I keep coming back to, which, mm-hmm. again, it's the sensationalism that has to be built into this. There's a certain part of them that's able to counteract some of these things, not even politically, but culturally. Oh, and I understand. Like sometimes all it takes, funny enough, not to cut you up, but sometimes all it takes as a president is to flash a smile, right? And to be like, hey, I got this. And well, shit, Kennedy, that's enough. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. I mean, Reagan, Obama, Kennedy, like all, all, the, all, the, all the name brands, all the well-knowns, right? Yeah. That's pretty much right. They had that in, that in common, that charisma. But that's what happens you, 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 you vote for someone. That's what, that's what happens when you vote for someone and not against somebody else. You know, Trump had his, hey, there's a reason why Trump is still where he is as far as relevancy, right? He has passion or the people who are with him are very, very passionate. That's why people, hey, they voted for him. They voted for Trump, right? Uh, Biden's just like, hey, I'm not that guy. And hey, he just, he, he's but a vessel. Sad to say, it seems you the, ninety million votes. No, that's how much people hated Trump. I guess <laughs> when you come down to it, right? But I mean, this is all to be. This is all to be continued. I've said that know, before. That's not a good recipe. It worked for Biden in twenty twenty, but it's not a good recipe in the future to just have like some guy who's not the other guy. Well, I think that he, when it comes to re-election, I I still think, in spite of all of this. He would. He still has a chance of winning, except for the age thing. Um, I think if he were like, say, Joe Biden, twenty years from now, I think he would have a very good chance. Huh? Twenty years ago, you mean? Sorry, twenty years ago. Yeah, but if 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 he were Joe Biden twenty years ago, he'd be formidable as a as in a you know as someone in in two years, three years. Um, older line in winter, Joe Biden, who will be what like eighty two. When he runs again, if he runs again, that's different. I think I think that's a different situation, um, and I think that's also something that kind of looms over everything too. You know, like we're looking at this as far as well. Hey, is he even going to be around in a couple of years? Um, essentially, to to back all of this stuff up, right? Well, I mean, again, to be continued. Well, the the, the red thing that that. I guess I'll definitely end this conversation on in terms of, say, Joe Biden running and in, in when he's 82 is that Donald Trump will be 78. So, you know, it's not like he's going to be that uh, much fucking younger. Well, anyway. again, 
Trump's got to get out of the primary first, right? He's he too. As much as he thinks it's in the bag, maybe it's not. But like I said, we have two and a half years to see what happens. At least when it comes to that time. Oh, trust. Oh, that 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 story is only just developing. There's plenty of air in that balloon. Believe me. All right, all right, all right. Let's end this here. Let's end this another another good conversation right over here. Um, as always, I want to thank everyone out there for joining us on the Positively Cynical Podcast for another great episode. And of course, as usual, as I always say at the beginning and end of every episode, the best way to support one of your favorite podcast crews is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to everything Positively Cynical. And you can find everything Positively Cynical by hashtagging Positively Cynical and by hashtagging Positively Cynical Podcast. In addition, if you got you some Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review over there, good or bad preferably good please send us a rating over on apple Podcasts and let us know how you feel about everything and also don't forget slide into our dms and slide onto our social media to let us know how you think or how you feel about the podcast or what you think of the topics of the week and if you have any ideas for future podcasts slide up in there and let us know thanks for joining us everybody thanks for joining me this week as always question and have a wonderful day y'all and peace to everyone out there Yep. Same time next time.